the best and the worst of 90s teen horror. I'm Heather Parry, and this is my co-host, Kirsty Logan. Hello. Season four. Season four, and I started off with a book. Did you do a little sneaky book there? <laughs> Did you do a little sneaky I wonder book. if I got picked up. Well, well, we'll find out later. <laughs> Season four. Sorry if Heather just burped right in your ear. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> Start as we need to go on. Let's uh, close the curtain. There we go. We're so professional. <laughs> This Definitely is... not recording this in my bedroom. <laughs> um, Kirsty started closing the curtains, so the, sli- the sound better is slightly... Sound better? The sound better is slightly. Wow, hello. Right, Yoda. <sighs> yes. Well, I'm, not even, I'm going to abandon that. Mm-hmm. How are you guys? Hope you had a nice break. Did you miss us? Well, you wouldn't have had to if you were a patron. <laughs> so today, we are kicking off a season four <gasps> with... Second Sight by Sinclair Smith. Could there be more S's in <laughs> starting off season four with Second Sight by Sinclair Smith? You can really hear the hiss that I now have because my bottom tooth has gone out of line. Hiss. I've got like a okay. weird hiss on my S's now. Um, which I only realised when I listened back to a thing I did on radio and I was like, oh, I've got a real old man hiss on that S. Oh well. The reason I wanted to do this one is to see if Sinclair Smith could redeem herself. Because... She really knocked out of the park with Dream Date and then just failed utterly with all the other ones that we've done. I'm not sure she's done so. The thing about this book, it's not really a point horror. It's a naff 90s thriller movie written as a point horror. Like, I think if this was a film, it would have Ashley Judd and one of the minor Baldwin brothers. Can funny, you picture it? Funny you should say that. Because it is a film. Is it? From 1978. You're kidding. Nope. We'll go through it and then I'll read you the plot of this movie. I mean, starring Faye Dunaway also... and Tommy Lee Jones. No way. To the... It, it's so undeniable. I mean, there's also a film called The Eye, which is a Korean, maybe, horror film that got remade as an American Hollywood movie. But that was about a woman who, she can like see ghosts. She can't see the future. Oh, actually, we went to see a weird Japanese black and white movie from like the 50s or 60s that was about like an eye transplant as well. This isn't that one. This was from the 90s, I think. Oh, okay. But anyway. So it's not a new idea. No, it's definitely not a new but idea. But this is such a rip-off of this particular film. Oh, oh, oh. Well, I'm excited. I didn't know about that film. So let me tell you about Second Sight. Oh, we're going to do the cover. Uh, yeah, thanks. I forgot. <laughs> It's okay, because I forgot on the Patreon episode. Uh, I mean, that's awful. It's rotten. It's rotten. I'm back saying rotten again. The colour combination is just grim. It's very green. It's like mid-green as Which, well, isn't it? it doesn't need to be green. No. It's not, it's not relevant. Green and gold. Oh my God, that tagline. It's like... A <laughs> the future is death. <laughs> That is shit. What does that mean? You can't just the have everything. Is death. What's that meme online? It's like, oh, you can't 
point to everything and call it poetry. You can't point to everything and call it death either. <laughs> you can't just put death in any phrase. The future is death. Oh, Rosie, Rosie, you fucking stop horn toy again. Stop eating that horn. I've got to say, that is one of the best value dog toys we've ever had. If you've got a dog, listeners, who likes to chew things, get get them a horn. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's I don't know if it's some kind of cow. It's like a cow horn or something but she's had that for about five years and she still hasn't made a dent on it like a real one i think so oh well it's definitely not plastic or anything i think it's a real horn oh weird i know anyway the future is horn <laughs> the horn is death Ooh. yeah the horn is death the future is death that is so lazy so bad that is so it's lazy not, it's not a pun it's not clever I mean, it's just kind of the case as well. We're all going to die. It's well, really yeah. scary. Just no. The human condition. You too will die. All right, then. The future is death. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's, I mean, not probably. Definitely. It's 100% accurate. Eventually. <laughs> so, apart from the green, what's going on here? Well, I didn't really understand what this picture was until after I read the book. But what it is, is at the top of the picture, we've got a man kind of falling down a lift shaft. Yeah. Shaft. <laughs> and then in the foreground, we've got a golden medallion with a lion sticking its tongue out. But you wouldn't know that was a lion unless you read the book. No, and you also... highly stylized. The medallion would mean nothing. Mm. Like, why is there not an eye on the cover? That would be so creepy. Yeah. To why? have an eye on it. Like, you know the fever? I know you didn't love the fever cover, but I think it's pretty creepy where, like, all you can see is the person's eyes because they've got a surgical mask on. They could have done, like, a close-up of an eye. They like, could've. even being held open, like, with the thing from Clockwork Orange. Oh, yeah. That would be scary. Maybe too scary. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe they scrapped this at the final minute. <laughs> but also, like, the the um, title takes up, like, two-thirds of the cover. And why is it in an angle? Why does that signify eye problems? The cover is not scary. It doesn't look nice. That is a terrible medallion thing. And also, why the medallion is so pointless in the book. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to it, but... It's so pointless. Yeah, and then there's just a close-up of the point of the medallion on the back. As if the medallion is really important. Super important. So burn that. <sighs> Terrible. Terrible. Okay, here we go. Our main character is Grayson. She was blind, but she's just had a cornea transplant. I just saw her as Grayson Perry the entire way through. Oh yeah. Just with that haircut. I saw her as Ashley Judd. <laughs> With Grace and Perry's hair. With Grace and Perry's hair, yeah. <laughs> That's a look. <laughs> Make that work, I dare you. <laughs> She's having, if anyone can, Ashley Judd can. Yeah. She's having straight, not Ashley, Grayson is having strange visions of falling from a balcony in a room with a huge mirror. Oh. Like a really, Heather, it's really big, this mirror. Is it really big? Like, it's the biggest mirror you could ever imagine. Like, it's really big. Like that big. I mean, maybe so not big. as big as you can imagine, because you can imagine a lot. But oh, thanks, mate. definitely the biggest you've seen. Okay. I feel like if I say the biggest you can imagine, you'll be imagining the size of Everest. One that goes up to space. Yeah. yeah. It's not that big, because <laughs> it does fit in this person's apartment. Floor-to-ceiling mirrors. A floor-to-ceiling mirror. In a tenement. In a gilt frame. Oh, it's huge. Very big. Really big. I've spent a lot of time on the mirror, but it does come back <laughs> into the story. So Grayson is staying with her sister, Kara, who is always working at an ad agency in Manhattan. 
She's a, are you saying she's a top executive? Because we know how that goes. <laughs> Get out of there. Sadly, it doesn't go there. She is a top executive, but she does not secretly work in a library, as far as we know. Rosie Dog has come to see what we're laughing at. Sorry, I don't think you're going to understand the joke, Rosie. Don't know if dogs get jokes, do they? They definitely don't. Do they? No. Or do they just humour us? Well, she's smiling a little you bit. You are smiling. Oh, you are smiling. <laughs> so Kara has been... So at the beginning of the book, Grayson is, you know, in a daydream. She's imagining that she's falling from this balcony. And Kara says, Grayson, I've been trying to get your attention for five minutes. Which, can I just say... It's a fucking long time. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, if you sudden... I mean, we all kind of space out a bit sometimes. But if you spaced out, even for one minute, I would call an ambulance because I would think you were having an absence. Like, <laughs> you were having <laughs> a seizure of some kind or, like, having a stroke. I wouldn't just, like, shake your shoulder for five solid minutes. That's such a long time. Yeah, I have to say, I had a horrible nightmare this week that um, someone was murdering my dad. Oh, yeah, my family were here this weekend. Um, Do you know my mum? I met my mum for coffee this morning and she said she had a dream that she was shot in the back of the head. How me. horrible is that? that? Is horrible. And she said she like woke up like touching the back of her head. Ugh. Ugh. Well, someone was don't coming Don't shoot in. my mum, please. And don't try to murder my dad. No. I mean, he's quite slow, so you'd probably get him. Oh. Uh, he looks Even much older than he is. if you're a zombie. <laughs> my dad has looked 75 since he's been about 40. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he'll love to hear that. Oh, we told him that okay. this the other day. So... I woke up and it was that someone, we were in like a big like castle type house and someone was coming to get us but they were specifically murdering my dad. And then I woke up really like upset, you know, it's felt really real. Mm -hmm. And David uh, was like over on his side and I sort of was like, oh, I need a little bit of a like cuddle. So I sort of I'm touched him. You left a weird pause there and I was like, oh God, what's she going to say? <laughs> I need what? <laughs> David, take my mind off it. No, <laughs> I sort of like touched him and I needed a little bit of reassurance, you know, sometimes in mm -hmm. the night you just need an arm around fucking child here but I am and I touched him and he didn't move and I touched him again and I literally with both hands shook his body and he didn't wake up so I freaked out that he was dead so I went David really loud and he sort of like jumped up and I was like that was maybe 10 seconds yeah if it had gone on for five minutes I would have I don't know what I would have done I would call an ambulance like if if I could not like rouse Annie's attention for five one minutes. minute even I would be like something is really wrong yeah you'd panic yeah because anyway. I do have friends who have epilepsy and they like have absences, but not for five minutes. No. Even then, that's a lot. Yeah, it's a long time. Anyway, uh, so Car maybe Cara just doesn't give a fuck. To be quite honest, <laughs> well, she's a top executive. <laughs> However, there's a reason that Cara has been trying to get her attention for five solid minutes. It's time for Grayson's checkup with Doctor Leeds. However, Cara can't take her. Instead, a total stranger called Mina takes her. Mina is utterly pointless. Oh, I in like the story. her. She's she has no function. She's very friendly. Well, why can't that just be Kara? Why can't Kara be friendly? Oh yeah. She's, she's so, a top executive. She has no though. narrative function <laughs> whatsoever. She's a top executive. Sorry. <laughs> so also Yorkshire, Yorkshire shout out, Doctor Leeds. Oh yeah. I was like represent. Nice. So in the car, Mina and Grayson discuss the local hottie. Jared Moore, who, I'm sorry, is Jared Leto. No, he's he not must muscular. Be. Uh, this book is from 1996. If she is not picturing Jared Leto from My So-Called Life, I will eat your hat. He's very burly. He's got well, big biceps. Jared Leto is a slip of a man. I guess. I wasn't seeing him as like, 
What's his chops? He's a construction worker and they talk about his Carl arms. Drogo. I'm not seeing him as Carl Drogo. I'm seeing him as a slim man with like good arms. Oh no, I'm seeing him as a beefcake. Ooh, nice. I like a beefcake. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I'm getting off track now. Um, it, then that was like the other day when I said, oh, I, I love a, like a smart goth man. And you were like, no. It's because you were talking about fucking Dave Navarro. He, I can't believe you don't think Dave Navarro is hot. I can't believe. I thought he was that type of hot where it's just a given. No. Like, nobody would question that he's hot. He's got a goatee. Listeners write in on a postcard, Dave Navarro, hot hot or not. not. (laughs) Better be a firm not. Better be a hot. You also said you still fancy Marilyn Manson. Yeah. He looks like a dribble of something. I don't. He looks like a stain. There are a lot of people who are smart. Well, I don't know. I just, I can't. It's like, do you not think there are certain things that like, you know, you shouldn't really find it hot, but you do. And for me, it's like a smart goth man. (laughs) can't help myself. I think if you listen to Marilyn Manson on the Brett Easton Ellis podcast, you'd soon be disavowed of that particular oh crush. Oh God. Even the fact that he's spoken to Brett Easton Ellis makes me fancy him 10% less. Well, I've done my job. <laughs> All right then. Sorry, Marilyn Manson. I know you were just dying to come and have sex with a married Scottish lesbian. <laughs> but you Dave know. Navarro's words. <laughs> no oh my way. God. He's hot. Anyway, whatever. He seems like a super nice guy as well, which is part of it. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so where are we? They're talking about Jared Moore. He's got a ponytail and he's got jeans and he wears a t-shirt with the sleeves ripped off. He is 100% meatloaf. <laughs> oh yeah. I was imagining him as the character on Seinfeld who Elaine's really into, who's like moving, he like moves the sofa. That. He's, he's that guy who's got the really, really deep voice. I can't do it. You, you'd recognize is. the voice, I think. Um, I imagine him as that, but I like Meatloaf even better. <laughs> He's just, and I feel like, remember this is Sinclair Smith who we had the original Meatloaf character in oh, that. yeah, of course. So clearly what she finds hot. She fucking like loves a Meatloaf. A Meatloaf guy. Like a beefcake with a ponytail. What year did Fight Club come out? 98, I'm going to oh, say. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, both Jared Leto and Meatloaf are in that movie. Oh, yeah. It's Sinclair Smith's favourite film. <laughs> She must love it. <laughs> she must. Sinclair, right in, right as I in. keep saying. Send us a postcard. <laughs> so, then Grayson is at the doctor. She tells the doctor that she's having these visions. Um, he's unconvinced, not surprisingly. Fair enough. And he says, actually, do you know what it sounds like? This very well-publicised murder of this guy called Zeke Stewart, this TV executive. So he's like, listen... Grayson you probably saw this murder like reported on the news and then you just like made it into a vision yeah fair play fair play this leads me into my theory oh I have a theory it is a not a theory it's not an in-book theory it's an external theory okay so as I said this to me is a naff 90s thriller movie yeah the first dead person is a tv exec I think Donna Smith, as we know Sinclair Smith's real name is, pitched this idea as a movie. <laughs> and then the exec said no. And so she made him a murder, murder victim. Ooh, that's good. That's my theory. Ooh. Because I think she was like, well, do you know what? I pitched this idea. They didn't pick it up. Fuck it. I'll write it as a point horror. Uh, that's what I would do. <laughs> <if> I were. <laughs> Are so you then, Donna Smith? 
No. Rosie, will you stop eating that horn quite so re- Like, it's excessively loud. You don't need to be so loud on that horn. <laughs> My nephew brought an actual horn to stay, as in like, <laughs> Who bought a child a horn? I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Why did you let him bring it? <laughs> that is not acceptable. No. So then, Grayson watches a documentary about Zeke Stewart. She says she's never seen one. Maybe she has seen it and just forgot, but she says she hasn't. So she watches a documentary about Zeke Stewart. She's never seen a documentary? Not about him specifically. Oh, right, okay. Maybe she hasn't. It doesn't specify. This movie has got no characters and seems to be about real life. They're saying it as if it's true. (laughs) However, what she discovers when she watches the documentary is that Zeke Stewart has a mirror, a huge mirror, worth three million dollars. It's enormous and it's gilt-framed. Three million dollars? I know, it's for a, made a mirror. Of diamond. For a mirror. It's just a piece of fucking glass. And that's three million dollars in 1996. Which is... No. A, yeah, 1996. Which is a billion now. That is too much money. Three million dollars. It deserved to have been killed. I feel like that is an exaggeration. I feel like even a rich person, even a richy, rich, rich, rich person, wouldn't have a mirror that was three million dollars. Why would you spend that much money on something that was so breakable? Yeah, right? (laughs) Which part of it's worth all that money? Surely not the glass part. That would be stupid. It must be the outside part. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, no. Eat the rich. That's what I'm saying. Smash their mirrors. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... Yeah, I've just put in my notes, mate, you've got too much money. That's too much money. (laughs) That is too much for, yeah, come on. So then, in a shocking twist, some kids prank her by pressing the doorbell. Yes, utterly pointless. Hang on. So much of this story is so pointless. I can't believe you've gone past the bit in the doctor's office where he says, um, it might be that the donor of the eyes had a balance disorder that's been transferred to her. And I was like, in that's your corneas. works. Pretty sure your balance is mainly in your ears, but also in the processing of the picture of your eyes, not in your fucking corneas. I was like, come on, Donna, do your basic <laughs> research. He's supposed to be an eye doctor. I just read that as he just wants her to shut up and go away. <laughs> so he's like, if I just tell her something that sounds vaguely medical, she'll go away. No, oh, I'm going to fall over. Is it your corneas? Yeah, Must it's me. It's my corneas. Must be. I did get a wee scratch on my eye. Must be that. <laughs> <laughs> so then, someone else is at the door. It's Jared. Oh. And he says... Through forward. Uh, you can let me in. I'm not an axe murderer. Which is what an axe murderer would say. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck? It's 10 at night. He said this creepy thing. She hesitates, and at that point I was like, finally, we have a sensible point horror heroine. No, she lets him in. Yeah, but she wants that D. Yeah, but even if I want some D, if it seems like he's a murderer, I'm sorry. I'll just go and have a wank instead. I don't know, the fact that he was awkward would suggest to me he's not going to murder you. Oh, I don't know. Isn't that how Ted Bundy gets you? Got you. That was how Ted Bundy got you, yeah. That is true. <laughs> That's how he got me in my previous life. Have you never said something so stupid, though, when you're, like, really impressed by someone? Oh, only every fucking day. <laughs> when I Even met... when I'm not impressed by people, I say stupid things. <laughs> when I got to the front of the signing queue for Emma McBride um, for her, like, second book, I was buying two because I was buying one for my mate, and I'd psyched myself out so much about buying two that I got to the front and I was like, I'm buying two! I'm not a weirdo! <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then she was like... Oh, yeah. 
<clears throat> Did I tell you I had lunch with her? But I didn't realise it was her. Yeah, Obviously, I just, just thought she was. I just thought she was a very funny woman called Ema. Yeah. And then later, She's I was cool. like, Oh yeah, I haven't seen Ema Brown. Huh. Did you tell her you're not aware though? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I didn't know to be intimidated by her. Oh, you see, yeah. So shame. I've made a twat of myself in front of Michelle Faber, uh, who is a fabulous writer, many times. Like I've met him multiple times, and I think I've been a twat every time. Michelle Faber asked me if I thought I had ADHD <laughs> because I was clearly so much for the entire week he was forced to spend with me that he was like well you must have some sort of condition because no one's like that <laughs> bless yes I've made I've said stupid things many times I've never said I'm not an axe murderer though no me neither but that's because I am so then they sort of chit chat for a bit they whiffle waffle and they flannel. And then Kara comes back and Jared suddenly gets like really cold and weird. Mm. This is never explained. It is. Well, is it though? He says it's because he's worried about his brother, but why would Kara turning up suddenly make him worried about his brother? It doesn't make any what sense. what time it is. Come on now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> why are you on Jared's side? I don't know. Because I fancy him quite a bit. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> Meatloaf, meatloaf, come on. You and Meatloaf, we all would. I'll have Dave Navarro, you can have Meatloaf. Fine by me. Fine. We'll never fight over a man, <laughs> me and you, ever. <laughs> so then the next day, she's at Dr. Leeds's office. And then, this is Grayson, I mean, she sneaks a look at her file because she wants to know where the corneas come from. Is it? I'm saying cornea and you're saying cornea, which corneas. is right. I don't know. I don't know either. I wouldn't trust, trust me, I don't know words. If I'm doing it one way and you're doing it the other way, at least one of us is right, so let's just carry yeah, on. Yeah, that won't okay. be jarring or anything, no. so no, it'll be fine. commit to it. <laughs> so she finds out when she looks at her file that the cornea comes from Aileen Moore. Mm. We'll find out more, more, we'll find out more <laughs> about her later. Aileen Warnos. I didn't think that. <laughs> but okay. Oh my God. That kind of would make sense, wouldn't it? But no. it's not, so. It wouldn't make sense. Why would that make sense? Because of what? I, I won't spoil the plot. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, we're about to spoil the plot in about 10 minutes. Okay. So, okay. So then the doctor comes back in and he is a fucking raging. <laughs> Fair enough, because you shouldn't look. I'm pretty sure it's illegal. Well, no, she does make the point that they're hurt. They're about hurt. Like, you're allowed to look at your own medical... F- although you're not supposed to know who your donor objects yeah, come from. Yeah, for a reason. And well, it's because true. you might be fucking convinced that you're donor is giving you some sort of thing and then go and hassle their family yeah that's true. this is exactly the reason the gdpr is in place is that no the not G- exactly so gdpr came into place you're saying let's get heather on the record heather parry is saying the GDPR digital privacy came <laughs> in because someone got a cornea transplant yeah and thought that they were having visions and then looked up the family and we've had to change our entire online data privacy just because of that person i'm saying exactly that wow i'm committed to it i'm i mean i'm not going to argue with you because <laughs> I, I don't know i think you should <laughs> <laughs> well, i you feel like it's implied that i'm arguing with you and also it's not just her file it's files so there's other people's files in there as well yeah that's true So you shouldn't actually fucking look no you shouldn't like you're allowed to look at your own medical file but I find her very irritating. Yeah. She is. Just like, she, she immediately believes that 
like she's got psychic powers. It's weird that, isn't There's not it? even like a second where she's like, oh, I don't know, probably something else, probably psychological condition or something. Nothing. In books like this, that always happens. Straight away, they're like, my boyfriend's trying to murder me, or I'm psychic, mm-hmm. or I'm a vampire. My psychic Whereas, boyfriend's trying to murder me. Yeah, where I feel like my first five steps would be, there's something wrong with my brain. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Whatever this is happening, I'm imagining it, imagining yeah. it or... I'm dreaming or I'm having an episode or like I need to get some help or anything. Yeah. Not I think I've got psychic eyes. Yeah. That would be like number 10. Or like with ghosts, like how quickly people in films believe in ghosts. They're like our cupboard door, we've got a built-in cupboard in this room and sometimes the door just swings open in the night which is absolutely terrifying because it creaks as well. So you're asleep and you just hit and the door swings open. I remember the first time it happened and we were like, oh my God, there's someone in the cupboard, there's someone in the cupboard. So like, first thought, someone in the cupboard. Mm -hmm. There wasn't someone in the cupboard. Second thought, it wasn't the creepy downstairs neighbour saying sorry. Second thought was, oh, it doesn't fit in the frame properly. Mm -hmm. Like, thought 50 would have been a ghost. Yeah. I would have had to get through so many other things to get to ghost. It's because me and you aren't enlightened. Ah, that's probably it. Anyway, so the doc is raging. I guess, sorry, I get this as well. Oh, when okay, people we're are like, you know, yeah, yeah we're still, we're sorry. lingering here. And people are like, <laughs> I yeah, love a linger. Like, my house is haunted, and you go, why? And they go, because I once saw, like, a, a big white object, and then it did, went away. And you're like, I mean, I see shit all the time that isn't there. It's just that you didn't have the opportunity to go over and see like, it wasn't real. You've just got, like, a bit of face cream in your eye. Yeah. Or, like, oh, or sorry, just a vision of you just squirting your entire face with moisturiser. <laughs> this is how you moisturise your face. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, you know, things, like, if you put, hold something too close to your face, you see two of them. Like, that doesn't mean there's a ghost book no. with your normal book. Yeah, I just, it's just your brain. Maybe it isn't. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe like, ghosts exist. Like, we see faces where there are no faces. Mm. We see human figures where there are no human figures. Yeah. That's why we'll never see a ghost, because we don't believe. We don't believe, yeah. We don't believe. That's why we're doomed. So, let me tell you about this angry doctor. He is so angry that his entire face is, quote, a deep purplish red. Which, again, call a fucking ambulance. If someone's face is purple, like a dark purple... I think they're almost dead. Mm-hmm. Like, call an ambulance now. It's not a good time. It's not good. But she, much like Kara not caring about her having some kind of seizure, she doesn't care that the doctor is having a heart attack. She does nothing. Instead, she goes to a barbecue. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Can I also just say at some point, oh no, I think that's next. But I'm going to say it anyway. Um, Zeke, <laughs> Zeke Stewart had often been in the spotlight himself as he frequented the trendy night spots with his celebrity friends. How do you do, fellow kids? Frequented. The trendy night spots. Oh, that's like what my dad would have said. Are you going to a trendy night spot? <laughs> You're going to a dance party? Where are we going tonight? I thought we might go to that trendy night spot we know. I'm going to say that next time I want to go somewhere. <laughs> Shall we go with our celebrity friends? Let's, Let's go to, with our celebrity friends to a trendy night spot. Fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll be in the spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> so, Grayson and Kara go to a barbecue. Grayson dances with Jared. And then she finds out that he worked construction on <gasps> Zeke Stewart's apartment. 
for some reason this is presented as being incredibly suspicious and like he might have a motive for murdering Zeke Stewart, but I'm unclear why. Because we're believing any shit but now. That's why. It's also... So this is meant to be, like, suspicious mm-hmm. that he worked construction on this guy's apartment. And then later it's meant to be suspicious that Kara works all the time. But you're like... Everything is suspicious. That's not suspicious. Everything is a clue. <laughs> Come on. Not clues. Get in the program, Kirsty. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess it's also meant to be suspicious that the doctor's angry that she committed a crime. Yeah. Like, don't look at your file. Yeah, don't look at your fucking file, you idiot. He specifically told you not to look at your file, and then you looked at it. Later on, she says that her sister is the killer because a note is written in lipstick. And it's in their house. And she's the only person who owns a lipstick, literally, in the world. In the, in the entire world. Or who There's can hold no a logic. lipstick. You don't even need to own a lipstick to write a note in it. No, there is no logic. You could have just bought a lipstick that's the same as the one that your sister wears. Also, why would you use a lipstick when you have a pen? Yeah, she's a top executive. She'll have loads. <laughs> it's probably expensive. It's probably Chanel or something. What a waste. Yeah, that is actually a really good point. And also, right? it's quite difficult to I write with a lipstick. I bet she's not got Collection 2000. that angle. <laughs> oh, God, Collection 2000. <laughs> wow, the memories. <laughs> oh. Why is it a memory? They've got good mascara. <laughs> They've got no logic. Not Collection 2000. Any of the characters <laughs> in this book. <laughs> we'll get a little bit further on, and I've got a rant. I'm excited for the rant. <laughs> so, uh, then she has a vision. So, she's just found out that, uh, what's his name? Jared has worked construction on Zeke Stewart's apartment and then she's like oh my god and then she has a vision of someone wearing a medallion killing a watchman. <laughs> not a man, not a man that does watches. Watchman, watchman. Watchman. <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Jake Spider-Man. A watchman. <laughs> Don't know Steve why I said watchman. it like that. <laughs> a watchman. Yeah, he's described as a watchman. Yeah. Which is weird. Oh, medallion, though, front of the book. Oh. Who gives a fuck about oh, a medallion? The medallion has no relevance to it. It's not even a medallion with, like, an eye on it. Also, here, it's, like, fucking giant. It's, like, Flavor Flav-style medallion on yeah. this book. Like, my dad's got a St. Christopher's medal, right? It's very small. It's, like, thumbnail-shaped. Yeah. Size. <laughs> not shaped. It's round. <laughs> I've got this perfectly circular thumbnail. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though? This, like, medallion. It's, who's wearing that to work as a watch? It's like the size of a wall clock. <laughs> Why is everything big in this book? <laughs> Needlessly big. Here's my giant entire torso-shaped medallion. Look like at it armor. in my giant $3 million mirror. Maybe that's why he needs such a big mirror to get in all the medallion in the reflection. And the medallion is actually, um, what's it called? Like, for jousting. But the opposite. The shield. Fantastic, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the opposite. Also, I wish everyone could see your hand movement. You're doing like a one-inch punch that apparently represents jousting. <laughs> Why don't I know anyone? Why are you doing that? I've what done that loads of work is this week. <laughs> I don't have any brain left. Jousting, oh, but the opposite. You know, the protection from jousting. Yeah. A shield. Yep. I don't know if that's what they're generally <laughs> used for these days. <gasps> Why are you jousting and not a sword? I don't know. I don't know. My nephew does fencing, and maybe that's the first thing that came into my head. Jousting. Jousting. Not that's, fencing. I very much imagine it's fencing on a horse. 
It's not. No, it's, it's not. not a sword. <clears throat> Weird. So Jared does not want to joust. <laughs> what he wants to do is take Grayson to the park at night. Hmm. Oh, not surprisingly, don't. she says, mm, no thanks. I'd like that she says no. I also like that he then says, okay. Yeah. Consent. He doesn't try and be like, oh, if you liked me, you would go to the park at night. He's just like, okay then. And actually, he does say, oh yeah, that's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Wow. I actually quite like him. You don't like it, Rosie. Rosie's very upset. She's like, why isn't he a creep? Yeah, why won't she be murdered? <laughs> Jared seems like actually quite a nice guy. Yeah. And I don't he... mean like hashtag nice guy. I mean actual nice guy. Like meatloaf. It's why he's attractive. I see. <laughs> Actually, is there anything sexier than like a very strong man who's very sweet and thoughtful? I think that is the sexiest thing in the world. You're describing my boyfriend. Oh, That's why I love him. That is lovely. I mean, I don't personally fancy David, but I can absolutely see why he's very attractive. I really like it when people could fuck you up, but they won't. <laughs> right? You know, it's yeah. like the nicest thing. Well, that's why the whole thing of... Like, do you remember that poster that was very in in the 90s? It was like a really big muscular man, like holding a kitten mm-hmm. or something. Like... It's also why, like, celebrities who are really nice to you are the nicest people. Like, mm-hmm. you're so thrilled by it because mm-hmm. they could just be an asshole, but they choose not to. But they choose not to. That's, that's the hot thing. Because mm-hmm. then there's nothing less sexy than like a little weak guy who's like super angry. Yeah. That's not hot. No. No. Anyway, Jared's not like that. He's pretty decent. Mm hmm. So then, um, Grayson decides to go to the police because no one else will listen to her about her visions. <sighs> She's as bad as, what's her face, Duffy in the fever. Tantally. You're just having visions. You're just hot. You're just imagining things. And we you're all going through dreams. files. Yeah. I had that weird Dave Navarro dream. Your dad, you had the dream that your dad was getting murdered. You're just having a weird dream. It's just dreams. Anyway. So she goes to Detective Lawson, who clearly has not had his sensitivity training. Yeah. Because he says the following. You've been seeing things, plus it seems like you can't be seeing things too well since you told me you were blind six months ago. I've also written bitchy Ooh. cops next to that bit. That was not nice. That is not called for. No. There is no need for you to say that, Detective yeah. Lawson. So instead, she talks to Detective Soames. So I guess you say so so um he's gullible <laughs> <laughs> yeah I will say about Lawson he's a dick but he's a dick because he's cynical yeah he's like fair enough if he just said you've been seeing things and that was the end of the statement that's fine yeah the next part he did horrible need to say yeah but but then he's like well talk to this guy he believes anything <laughs> or maybe he's trying to make the point that I know that um if you are a person who can see and you are put in a completely dark room, you do end up seeing things. Mm-hmm. You're not really seeing them, but your brain is like trying to make connections. So I imagine that if you've, I mean, I assume she's blind since birth. It doesn't really say, I mean, that's a bit of a plot hole. I think hole. it does. That, well, that's a plot hole that I'll get into later. Okay. But I would imagine that if you can suddenly see and you haven't been able to see before, you would kind of struggle to understand things. Yeah. Mm. Like, your depth perception you would struggle with, like, all kinds of things. You wouldn't just be perfectly able to see and deal with that immediately. No. It would. You'd think it'd be, like, a process. Yeah, I read a book about that. I didn't think it was a brilliant book, but I did think one thing was really interesting, because it was about someone who had always been blind or very hard of sight. Is that? Seeing, That's not the right hard of phrase. seeing. Yeah. 
couldn't see very well. And then they had an operation and they could see. And there was lots of things about the different things that she struggled with, like depth perception and how if an object is placed in front of another one, how she kind of couldn't understand it, that because obviously she'd never seen that before. Right. And, and also, how come she can read? Oh. Grayson can read. She's, yeah. she's only had her sight for six months. Surely she couldn't read that well. Yeah, because people... it takes a long time to learn how to read. That's a really good point. Yeah, just thinking. Well, you know, that's why I was saying has she always been blind? Because if she learned to read as a child and then lost her sight, fine. Hmm. But I don't. Interesting. Hmm. There's lots of plot holes. In there. there are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so gullible Detective Soames uh, completely believes everything that she says, and also it turns out that he knew a police psychic called Aileen Mills. Oh my god. I'm saying Aileen, it should be Eileen, shouldn't it? I don't know. I never know how to pronounce Aileen or Eileen. I think Eileen's with an E. Yeah. That was my so grandma's Aileen. Name. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I'll probably mispronounce it again. <laughs> Aileen! But what I don't like is, I think this entire book is written by a person who believes in psychics and is trying to con convince the reader because like, about Soames, they, he says, um, "Oh, I believe anything. Um, it's gotten me so. It's gotten me this far. Like, is in like. Oh no, it says he's got best. Um, he's like solved a bunch of crimes. He's solved more cases than anyone else. Although it doesn't say that he's found the actual guilty person. Very it just good says point. that he's solved. He has found a culprit. Yeah. It doesn't say it was the culprit. He's put together a flimsy ass fucking case against all these innocent people, maybe. Mm -hmm. Very good point. Which I've been watching Line of Duty, which is very good. I know you don't watch that much TV, but it's a good show. And there's a lot of stuff in that about how sometimes you can try so hard to make a case against someone that you then ignore things that lead you to the person who actually did it. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. So, Detective Soames takes her to Chinatown. And they find the watchman, the watchman. <laughs> with, I imagine he opens his coat and it's all watches yeah. inside his coat. He's alive. Oh my God. She has seen not the past, but the future. Which is... The future is death, Heather. The future is death. Um, what was the one we did about the, the video recorder? Oh, the Pike. Christopher yeah. Pike. Yes, that was a bonus episode. It was not it? even about a video recorder. It was, what was it fucking about? Zombie dinosaurs or something? Oh, it's always what about was it zombie about? dinosaurs with him. It's about some bull... Oh, it was robots. It was about robots. That was it, yes. Robots. But they had, uh, again, you could see the future. Death. Oh, it was so terrible. Because of a haunted then, VCR. again, he's such a tease because he's like, here's a book about a haunted... about a VCR that can see the future. And then it's not about that. It's about robots. <laughs> you can't do so that. Annoyed. And then this other book, he was like, here's a book about a spooky scavenger hunt. Oh, actually, it's about zombie dinosaurs. <laughs> You can't do You're that. You're making it sound a lot better than it is as well. I know. Which is unfortunate. They were like zombie humanoid Who dinosaurs in a, in a church. No, they lived underground oh, in, the, in like a quarry. Even now we're making it sound exciting. <laughs> and it was not exciting. It was boring. If you want to listen to those episodes, <laughs> they're, they're on, on the, the Patreon. Patreon. Okay. So, she's actually... Not that bothered that she's seen it. This is Grayson. We're back to Grayson. She's not that bothered that she can see the future. Uh, she's got a date with Jared. 
Oh, fair enough, so, yeah. I mean, he's really day. hot. So he's really hot. He is hot. So he accidentally locks... This is cute. He's so into her that he sort of forgets and accidentally locks his keys in the car. He's That's adorable! Cute. He is cute. I like him. <laughs> I would fuck him. Maybe. Oh, I mean, I, I, is he a smart goth? Who knows? <laughs> Can I put some eyeliner on you and then I'll be into you? <laughs> I mean, it's meatloaf. I'm sure I've actually anyway. said that to a guy before. <laughs> So he accidentally locks his keys in the car, but he picks the lock. Plot point that goes fucking nowhere. No, yeah, it doesn't. Because it's, it's like, just a red herring. As if it's meant to be suspicious, but like there's no point where someone has picked a lock and she doesn't know who it is. There's no point in the story mm, that that point. happens. Good point. It's meant to make him look suspicious. For what purpose? I guess why would you need to do that? But his aunt is a locksmith. Also, that's a super useful thing to be able to do. Yeah. I'm going to so learn. He's just handy, which is sexy. Yes. Being competent is the sexiest thing. Well, we've already said being strong but sweet is the sexiest thing. But also being competent is very having sexy. Good arms. And having good arms. <laughs> All these things are very sexy. How does anyone not fancy meatloaf, is what I'm saying. Do you, you actually so... fancy meatloaf? Like, young Do man meatloaf. Do you actually meatloaf? fancy, like, you would, if you, like, met meatloaf, you would actually be like, ooh, yeah. Young man meatloaf? Really? Go on. No. Dave Navarro. Dave Navarro is actually sexy. He isn't. Meatloaf. <laughs> I thought you were joking about Meatloaf. We've I can't believe never we've been joking we're about on season four. <laughs> we've done forty over forty episodes, and until this moment, I thought you were joking about thinking Meatloaf was sexy. I'm gonna find a picture of young Meatloaf. Continue. Funny. Do it. Continue. I will. So, on their date, they go... I was like, you can't make me. I'm going to anyway. <laughs> on their date, they go to Coney Island. It's really cute, actually. It's a really cute date. They Great like, date. go on some rides on the fun fair, and it's pretty sweet. And then afterwards... Fucking hell, Grayson, what are you thinking? Afterwards, she says, quote, I've been having visions of murders. I found out that the donor was a psychic who worked with the police department on a case. Somehow, her psychic ability has been passed to me. And then she says, because of this, and because Jared has got, like, a sort of tearaway brother, they should take a break. Jared, so you know, you're scrolling through a thousand <laughs> pictures of meatloaf trying to find one. Yeah, fair enough. Not a single C. one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've made him much more attractive in my head. I mean, he does seem like a nice guy, which is makes people look a lot more attractive. And funny. He looks like Ozzy Osbourne. No, oh, gal, wash does. off. He does, look. Mouth like out Like young Ozzy Osbourne. No. He's kind of hot in that Yeah, I was going to say, there. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it upside down from about half a metre away. you're going to say there, because he looks a bit like Liam Neeson. No. It's the Liam hair. Neeson! What's wrong with you? Mate, we <laughs> are never. We could divide all the men in the world of who wants which one, and there would be zero overlap. <laughs> Liam Neeson? Are oh, you being come serious? On. He's universally considered attractive. No, he's not. Liam Neeson? <gasps> I'm Googling Liam right. Neeson. <laughs> Listeners, we need to do some kind of Twitter poll. <laughs> I can't believe you think Liam Neeson's hot. I can't believe you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. He looks like Christian Bale there. I do now fancy you, Christian Bale. Oh, do you there fancy we found Christian it. Bale? Yes, okay, the one very overlap. much so. All right, let me right, find anyway. that one. Right, let's get back to, uh, I've already forgotten her name, Grayson. Liam Neeson? No, I don't fancy Liam oh, Neeson. He's Irish, he's for like God's sake. Dickhead. He seems like a right wet rubber. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I don't know where that came from. 
<laughs> so let's, get, let's get back to Jared and Grayson. He says, fair enough. He's like, look, if you don't want to see me, fine. Which I'm like, fair enough. See if someone, if I had a date with someone and then they were like, I had an operation and now I am seeing the future. Uh, I don't think I should see you anymore. I would be like, yeah, that's cool with me. I don't want to see you either. Yeah, um, yeah let's no, call time on let's this. Just, maybe we'll shag and then that'll be And also, be it's, here's the thing that fucking gets to me. It's like, well, I'm helping the police with the case. There, she's running with this cop. Like, she calls him Detective Soames and he's like, oh no, call me Trev or whatever. Why would this happen? She's a teenager. She's a deluded teenager. It doesn't say she's a teenager. In Surely she is. I mean, in my head, she's Ashley Judd and she's like in her late 20s. <laughs> no, I think she's like 17. Well, and she doesn't seem like a 17-year-old. Why is she not at school? Like, yeah, well, maybe she's 18 then. But like, why are the police just like, yeah, you can come with us on like cases and shit. <laughs> like, no. They just wouldn't. They just wouldn't. It's just silly. What, has, has Detective Soames not got any actual detecting to do? Well, no. I know that's not the correct word, the correct verb for what detectives do. I heard this on um, a vi- like an old QI video the other day, and they were saying, you know, like when you have a picnic and you leave, you like sacrifice a bit of cake to the bees. <laughs> so you like put that bit over there and the bees can have it. Yeah. Like to keep them all away from your thing. Detective Soames is that to the <laughs> New York City police force. <laughs> They're like, all right, just let him do all the weird shit and they'll leave us alone. He's the bee cake. He's the, have you heard of smash cake? This is like if you've got a baby and you want to, it's like the baby's birthday, you get them like a smash cake because they want to smash right, okay. the cake. And then you get an actual nice cake that people can eat. I see. He's the smash cake. He's the smash cake. Yeah. He's the bee cake. Yep. So then on the news, Grayson sees that someone with a medallion tried to kill a watchman. A watchman. Fucking hell, it's Watchman. Why can't I say the word? Let's watch Batman. <laughs> well, he's not called Batman. He, he is called Batman. He's not called Batman. He is. Liam Neeson is Batman. Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> it's Neeson. <laughs> so. <laughs> Fucking hell, Kirsty. You lost it. Um, so, however, the Watchman... <laughs> <laughs> the Watchman. This was like when you're recording your audiobooks. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm sure I've done that before. Just like there's one word that you're like, I can't say this like word. Benedict Cumberbatch saying penguin. <laughs> penguin. 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 For me in the Gracekeeper's audiobook, it was rowing boat. <laughs> was it your own name? I could not say rowing boat. I'm Kirsty Logan. L- Logan? <laughs> Fuck, how do I say it? I don't know. So, anyway, Grayson, have I said this part? Yeah, someone with a medallion tried to kill a watchman. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> oh, it's ruined. That was fine. That was fine. I don't know why I'm doing it. Watchman. Uh, anyway, so the watchman. <laughs> Kirsty is actually crying. <laughs> wow. One he, word can reduce he, you to tears. He managed to escape. Because he'd had a warning from this random girl. Warned him, beware of medallions. (laughs) I don't know why I'm saying it like that. And then, I really like this. Then, there's an advert for Taco Cat. And I was like, (laughs) that sounds weirdly familiar. Did you know that Taco Cat is a band and also a palindrome? I I didn't know it was a palindrome. I thought it was the ice cream treat 
from Steven Universe that gave him his powers at the beginning. Uh, turns out that was Cookie Cat. Oh. But I'm I didn't sure know I've Taco heard Cat Taco was Cat before. I didn't know it was Palindrome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't know until I Googled it. Oh. There you go. So, Kara, remember the sister, she's working all the time. This is meant to be suspicious, but I don't really understand why. It's just a bit of a shit sister. I just, I just don't. I mean, they live in a fucking, don't they live in Manhattan? a big apartment in Manhattan? Mm -hmm. Like, no wonder she has to work all the time. Yeah, good point. Do you know what those property prices are like? Yeah, They're ludicrous. God, I'm old that I say things like that. <laughs> <laughs> the friends would prices. never have been able to afford that apartment. They wouldn't. <laughs> Why did they have time to just sit around at a cafe all day? Yeah, because it's uh, fiction. Anyway, um, <laughs> so Kara keeps asking uh, Grayson to get the super, which I guess is like the Janny. <laughs> Janny is such a horrible <laughs> word. To get the Janny. Like the factor. Yeah, the factor. To fucking don't start me on the factor. <laughs> I hate the factor. <laughs> Keeps trying to get the super to fix stuff. The superman. <laughs> Keeps trying to get the superman to fix stuff, but he's never there. You're looking at me like, who gives a fuck? Yeah, exactly, who gives a fuck? The whole bit about the Janny, Janny Factorman, is, uh, <laughs> is Janny annoying. Yeah. Annoying and it's irrelevant. It's really stupid. So then Detective Soames admits that he loved Aileen more. Mm. I think that's quite interesting. But she didn't love him. I'm like, I want that story. <laughs> I want the story of the detective who was in love with the psychic. Like, maybe that's why he took her, like, let her be part of cases. Because he loved her. Yeah. Not because she was useful in any way. So, are you saying... And how he... did she die? Did she die on a case? I need to know. She died in a car crash. No. It says that. But was it on a case? <laughs> was it part of a case? Was she... Was the car Was he psychic? driving the car? Was Detective Soames driving the car? And now he feels really guilty. And so that's why he lets Grayson, like be part of the case because he feels guilty. Are you saying that this is a man who panders to the delusions of vulnerable women to have them around for his own ends? That's exactly what I'm saying. Oh, that's a lot more creepy, isn't it? I mean, that's an interesting story. That is. That's going to be your first TV special. <laughs> yep. A romance between the <laughs> detective and the woman he's abusing. Is uh, producer Dick Wolf listening? <laughs> I've got a story for you. Kirsty's trying to make Dick Wolf <laughs> into a thing. It's never going to happen. Why is that not a slang word for gay men? Dick Wolf. Why not? Or, wait, or straight women. Uh, yeah. Anybody who likes dick <laughs> is a dick wolf. Dick wolf. Surely. So what's the alternative? I don't want to... Pussy fox. Ooh. <laughs> Cunt fox. <laughs> <laughs> Kirsty, the C it's word. It's to be the same number of syllables. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. We've just gone... We've Do just... you hate the C word? No, I just I don't like think it. we had it's it on the podcast pussy. before. I hate pussy. Have we had it on the podcast? I mean, I like pussy, but I hate the word pussy. <laughs> it's gross. I don't know, have we? I mean, if you didn't look at the explicit tag, <laughs> more fool you. <laughs> I've lost it. I've okay. lost it. <sighs> Let's get back. Because, important <laughs> plot update. Ding, ding, ding. Grayson sees a photo of Zeke Stewart with Dr. Leeds. Again, this is meant to be suspicious, but why? He says they met at a fundraiser. Yeah, Brilliant. completely believable. All of these apparent motives are so fucking stupid. She's really annoying. Leave people alone. Leave them alone. Just leave her leave alone. Leave alone. <laughs> leave Dr. God. Leeds alone. So then she goes to the cinema. Oh, here we go. I did some Googling. I had a lot of free time this week. She goes to the cinema with Mina. They see a werewolf thriller, quote, so good that Grayson didn't mind that it was three hours long. 
so I looked on Google. Oh, what is it? Well, in, there are some possibilities. In 1995, there was a film called Werewolf. Werewolf or werewolf? I say werewolf. Well, werewolf. werewolf. <laughs> anyway. You're just doing faces. I can't do you know, any still... words. I can't do any fucking words. I can't, can't say werewolf. I can't say watchman. <laughs> What's wrong with me? <laughs> okay, in 1995, there's a film called Werewolf, which has one star on IMDb. Oh. However, that's only 99 minutes long. So we've okay. got that one. The same year, there was Bad Moon. That has 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. That's 100 minutes, though. Okay. The same year, it was a big year for werewolf movies. There was The Howling 7, New Moon Rising. <laughs> and uh, I like this quote from a review of that. It left me slack-jawed by its awfulness. Oh. So I don't think it's that one. However, the previous year, 1994, there was the film Wolf, which is two hours, five minutes, mm. a bit closer, uh, which has Jack Nicholson, James Spader, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Are you going to do all the werewolf movies? Well, no, that's the end of it, but I've got a theory. Go on. Donna Smith pitched a three-hour werewolf thriller <laughs> to an exec and it got rejected so she put it in here and she made it that the character loved it so much that she, she didn't mind that didn't it was three hours long. didn't mind that it was three hours long. So she's like, do you know what TV exec that I just murdered in my book should have taken my werewolf thriller. It's three hours long but what are three hours? <laughs> a roller coaster of a werewolf book. Book? <laughs> Movie. So then she goes for pizza with Mina's friends, Steve, Craig, and Mary Lee. It's the Point Horror Multiverse. Why Mary Lee? Lee? Is that not her name? In Twins. Oh. Madrigal and Mary Lee. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. I really thought you were going to be like, oh my God, Mary Lee. And then you're <laughs> yeah, like, just staring at me. I was just thinking, isn't that a dessert? That's Sarah Lee. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I was actually about was... to go, no, that's Dairy Lee. <laughs> <laughs> well known well pudding. <laughs> now, Kirsty, you've eaten all your roast dinner. Very good. Now, have some Dairy Lee. Got single triangle of Dairy Lee. Oh, God. Oh, no. Eleanor Logan, what have you been doing? Fucking hell. We should definitely Is write. Someone went for a cheesecake in your. <laughs> We all, we have to write a three-hour werewolf thriller starring sisters, Mary Lee, Sarah Lee, and Dairy Lee. No, I'm just imagining, like, a really young you, like, eating one digestive biscuit topped with a Dairy Lee. That sounds quite nice. Don't you think? No, I thought Sarah Lee, so I was thinking yeah. chocolate cake, as I always am. Oh, well. Well, I tried to do something there. It didn't work. Mary Lee, Dairy Lee, <laughs> Vampire triplets. So then... Back at home, there's a needlessly long message written in blood on a newspaper. It says, I know who you are and I'm watching you. Don't spoil my plans again or you'll be next. It's quite a long message. <laughs> anyway, it's not blood, it's lipstick. Oh my God, it must be Cara. It must be. Oh my God. Why would she write this needlessly long message? <sighs> in a why, very expensive why write lipstick? a fucking message anyway? She has another vision of a security guard being murdered. What's the difference between a security guard and a watchman, you ask? Security man. A security man. A guardman. <laughs> so then she calls Detective Soames. Car is working late again. There's another message. And then she finds a pen with a monogram saying KMD. 
What a posho. Who's got monogrammed pen? Oh, I love a monogrammed pen. Have you got two tennis rackets and a monogrammed pen? <laughs> and a three million... And a handkerchief with three, your initials on it. Three million dollar... And a three million dollar mirror. Poshest person you who's ever lived. Absolute posho. So then she realises it's Cara's pen. Oh my God, it must be Cara. But then she decides, no, it is Cara, but it's a prank. Right. For some fucking reason. Can I also just say... They're like profiling the murderer at this point. And then one of them says, um, it's the detective, the killer chooses male victims, so it stands to reason that they're having a problem with a man in their family, a father or brother perhaps. What the fuck sort of psychology is that? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. There's no correlation (laughs) between someone having an argument with their dad and murdering random men. No. Or if there is, it's got to be so small as to be statistically insignificant. You're trying to find the logic in this. You already know what the solution is to this. You know it's absolute bollocks. Yes, yeah, so. tell her to shut up. <laughs> so then at the police station, Grayson touches photos of attempted victims to sense their personalities. It turns out that they're very different people, but she feels that the killer has issues with a family member and they're angry. Which is just a clumsy attempt to make Kara and Jared seem like suspects. Mm. Which... So usually in these kind of books, like, there are too many suspects. And you're like, but it could be any of them. And in this, you're like, it could be literally none of them. Yeah. Like, nobody has a motive. There's no reason for any of this. And the eventual person who it is doesn't even make sense, really. No. Well, right. Well, we'll get to it now. Because <clears throat> then she goes home. In the hallway outside the apartment, a big man emerges from the shadows and says, now everything is ruined. And then so she runs to the old lady neighbor. The old lady lets the man in. It's the super. Oh. It's the superman. Johnny, the, the superman. <laughs> the old, he's called Deegan. The old lady says, Deegan's not going to throw you out of the window, dear. That's not his style. So she says that. He has said, now everything is ruined. Nobody ever clarifies these statements. <laughs> why did they say them? What the fuck do they mean? Why are they there? She never says to him, hey, Deegan, why did you say now everything's ruined? She never asks them. <laughs> Just like, okay, fine. Grayson has another vision. The next victim is her. (gasps) She finds a lipstick under the counter that was used to write on the newspaper. It's just very boring. Blah, blah, blah. The door opens. You, she breathed. I don't know why she says that, because it's Detective Soames. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Next time you come to the door, I'm going to (gasps) go, you. You. I'll probably leave if you do that, that, to be honest with you. Why did she say that? (laughs) Anyway, it's Detective Soames. He picked the lock. What the fuck? You can't do that. Well, it's because she's in a trance. Well, again, he says that he knocked on the door for ages and she didn't hear him. Again, there's something wrong with her. Yeah. She's like having some kind of absence, (laughs) some kind of blackout. Like, what's happening? Get this looked at. Anyway, before anything can happen, he gets hit on the head and she sees a lion medallion (gasps) and then she's chloroformed. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So then she wakes up in a storage bin. The killer has her. <gasps> the killer is Deegan. And I was like, who the fuck is Deegan? Yeah, who's Deegan? Oh yeah, he was introduced to me a minute ago. It's for the, the purposes of Johnny Superman. Johnny Superman. <laughs> so why? awful. But why is it Johnny Superman? I'll tell you. He's killing those men because they remind him of his smug stepbrother. However, additionally, he has multiple personalities. 
It's his alter ego, oh, yeah. Roy. Oh. Guys, I wish you could see Heather's face it's right now. I'm <laughs> so fucking unimpressed. So unimpressed by this. However, Grayson escapes. They're on a rooftop. Grayson escapes by jumping to the next roof. And then Roy, like, turns back to Deegan. And then Detective Soames comes. Because guess how he knew where to go? Aileen guided him. Oh, of course she did. I'm so unhappy with how this book is ending. <laughs> I'm so unhappy with it. And then Roy goes, oh, 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 no, oh, who am I? And I'm like, yeah, what a convenient way to get out of being a murderer. Oh, you think he's actually a genius? I think he's like well, a I wouldn't say genius any, I don't think anyone an involved in this book is a no. genius. So anyway, cut to later. Uh, clear setup for a sequel, which thankfully doesn't seem to have ever appeared. Um, when Detective Soames asks Grayson to help with other cases. And also she sets up another date with Jared. <gasps> the end. <sighs> so clearly this was meant to be the start of a series of 90s kind of cheap TV thrillers. Well, Kirsty Logan. <laughs> Have you got an alternate reading? No, I've got the exact thing it ripped off. I'm excited. Listen to the plot of The Eyes of Laura Mars, 1978. Okay. Laura Mars, Faye Dunaway, is a glamorous fashion photographer who specialises in stylized violence. In the middle of controversy over whether her photographs glorify violence and are demeaning to women, Laura begins seeing, in first person, through the eyes of the killer, real-time visions of the murders of her friends and colleagues. John Neville, Tommy Lee Jones, the lieutenant in charge of the case, shows Laura unpublished police photographs of unsolved murders that very closely mirror Laura's fashion shoes. Laura's visions continue, including visions of the serial killer stalking her and continuing to, continuing to murder those around her. Meanwhile, Laura and Neville fall in love. See, it's just offset to the other person oh. and her. The murders continue as Laura's various colleagues, acquaintances and past romantic interests come in and out of focus as potential victims or suspects. Mm. Until a confrontation between Laura and the killer occurs. What? Right? At her apartment... <clears throat> this, sounds, this, is, sounds much, this book sounds much shitter than that film. Though. Oh, that yeah, of course. That film sounds way better. Yeah. <laughs> At her apartment, Laura is affected by one last vision of the killer who has now come for her. He attempts to break in through her front door, but Laura deadbolts it before he or she can enter. Neville breaks through her balcony window to come and save her. He proceeds to tell Laura they've caught the killer, a troubled colleague of hers named Tommy. And then begins multiple personalities. <laughs> an elaborate explanation of Tommy's motivations and backstory. So maybe what? that's like down to the. That's so again. There we go. Here it goes back to our theory that point horror writers get the letter <laughs> on a Friday asking if they want get to the write facts. a point horror book, <laughs> and then over the weekend they watch a film, and then, and then they just rip it. off the film. Absolutely. Oh well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. she obviously did. <laughs> it's why there are no '90s things in it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a wee bit of fashion. Kara wears a wide velvet hairband and a fashionable brown suit with a short tapered skirt and matching pumps. Yeah. Could that be more 90s? A fashionable brown suit. <laughs> when was a brown suit last fashionable? 80s? I was thinking, do you think she's also got, do you remember that Rimmel lipstick, Heather Shimmer? No. That, oh, that was, or was it Coco Shimmer? That I don't know. Had? Oh, I'm a bit older than you. Maybe you didn't have. <laughs> you would think you would buy a lipstick called Heather Shimmer. Well, I bought that fucking book called Heather, The Totality, and look where that got me. That's true. It was terrible. Don't buy things with your name on. 
Mina also wears a pale pink halter top and cut-off denim shorts, where Grayson wears a short dress with wide straps and a gauzy layer of what does that say? Voile. Voile. I think. What is that? Like a gauze. Yeah. <laughs> like a like a tool. Like a medical gauze, if you will. <laughs> tool. Yeah. Tool. I don't like, know these like words. A, like a ballerina skirt. Okay. I can't believe you. I didn't know that. <laughs> so basically, horrible clothes. Well, even better, that bit where it says about the short dress, it went in a gauzy layer of while in, in a, a mixture, mixture of colours. <laughs> what colours? All colours? So it's tie-dye gauze. What colours? You can't say a mixture of colours. <laughs> That's like Almost me. everything is a mixture of colours. Pick colours later. <laughs> Note to self. Decide on outfit later on. <laughs> she also wears... This is Cara. She's, Cara's got most of the fashion. She also wears, quote, a pinkish grey jacket and matching slacks. Pinkish grey. <laughs> That's awful. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> pinkish grey. I can't pinkish even imagine gray. it. Greyish pink. Oh. Pinkish grey. It's pink or grey? Like a plaster. <laughs> like an elastoplast. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no stupid names, no 90s things, no queer subtext. Um, this was weird um, in terms of American things. On the subway, Grayson sees an ad urging people to buy roach motels. What the fuck is a roach motel? Oh, I think it's like a, like a roach catching thing. Like Why is a- it called a roach motel? Because they will never get out alive. It's not what motels are. <laughs> motels are you stay in them I'm for one Google. night and then you leave. I'm googling roach motel. So is motel. that what happens to the roach? It just stays and then gets out again. That doesn't seem like. Maybe they were protecting roaches. But why? Roach motel. What the fuck is that? I don't know. It's a brand of ro- roach bait device. But why is it called a roach motel? I don't know. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I don't know. Because to me that implies you're giving them some food and somewhere to sleep. Yeah. Which is surely not, unless you super like roaches and you want some. But do you know what? On the strength of its whimsical packaging and an aggressive ad campaign, it dominated the market. Aggressive ad campaign. Outselling the closest competition by as much as three to one. Wow. Yeah. Well, okay, fair enough. Roaches check in, but they don't check out. Oh, I don't think people who own motels would be happy with that. <laughs> Just implying all the <laughs> clientele are going to die. <laughs> Do we have a too stupid to live heroine? She's too annoying to live. Yeah, I don't really think she's the heroine. I think all of it happened independently of what she thinks is happening. I feel like she didn't save that guy. He would have just saved himself anyway. Uh, I don't really... Well, yeah, it was just a murderer and she just caught him by accident. So how did this... Johnny get access to this TV exec? Yeah. How um, did he get in his apartment? Yeah, they were strangers. Why would he have killed him? Why would he have even seen him anywhere? Why would he have gone to the bother of getting into his really difficult get into, to get into rich man's apartment to then push him out of a window? I don't know. He wasn't on any, any of the pictures. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it makes no fucking sense. It doesn't make any sense. I think she just made it up as she went along. Sexy bad boy sociopath? No, because he's barely in it. But he is quite sexy. No, I meant Deegan. Oh. Who's the no, killer? No, the sexy bad boy is Jared. He's not a bad boy. I mean, he's... He's not a bad boy. He's like, a, the... he's like a teenage girl's version of a bad boy. When he's he's like the bad boy out of Backstreet Boys. <laughs> AJ. He's not AJ. I don't even know which 
I didn't even mean a specific one. I just mean every boy band has like a bad boy. Shane Lynch. But they're not actual bad boys. Yeah, but they were always like the ones I fancied. Boy band version. Yeah, they've got like a scar on their eyebrow. He's not or even got a scar or an earring. He's got a ponytail. He's got a ponytail. <laughs> okay. That's a bad boy thing to have a ponytail. <laughs> My first crush at school had a ponytail. Dave Navarro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, do Death, Death Toll. Three. Uh. No, one. One. Just Zeke Stewart. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's it. That really is it. Yeah. Fuck me. The other guys don't die. Um, is it good? No. I thought it was quite fun. It's like, see, I like naff 90s thrillers, though. It just was too... I must have seen The Bone Collector and Kiss the Girls, like, 20 times. I couldn't suspend my disbelief enough. Yeah. That was it. It's not good. Okay, for good, I'm going to give it two. But for good, bad, I'm going to give it four. Oh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Okay. Agreed. Wow. That was unexpected. See, you've made me too good at compromise now. <laughs> you preempt the compromise. I do. And just pick the same I'm just thing. not having an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I quite enjoyed it. I didn't think it was great. No. It was quite good fun. Yes. What's next? Um, I think it's the cemetery yeah why are you saying it like that because i've is. written something else down on my notes oh <laughs> yes it is the cemetery by d.e atkins <gasps> death, death kins she's back our goth cat is back oh yeah it is sorry yeah i've written the wrong one down <laughs> yep so get reading if you want to do read along with teenage scream yes and why would we're doing the cemetery oh <gasps> Yes. And in the meantime, where can people get us, Kirsty? On Instagram at Teenage Scream Pod and on Twitter at Teenage Scream underscore. And if you uh, like this podcast and want to support us, you can become a Patreon uh, at... Ooh. Oh, my iPad made, made a little clicky noise. Oh. Um, Patreon.com slash Teenage Teenage Scream <laughs> Podcast. This is why I don't do the thing. I can't speak. Um, at least you can say Watchmen. <laughs> You can just Google Watchmen and we'll appear yeah. somewhere on there. Um, and if you do, you get a bonus episode every month and you get a fucking cool pin badge. It's super <laughs> I don't know cool. I got so aggressive. There. It's very cool. Um, and also you keep us going um, and not poor. Yeah. We so. really appreciate it. Until then. But we appreciate everyone who listens to us Wiffle Waffle. We do, especially the ones who donate books because they're like mm-hmm. literally keeping us going. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I love, I love the book donations. Yay. Yeah. Thanks, pals. Bye. Um, We'll see you next time. Bye.